Amen. You believe that? You're better because it's true. It's not going to change just because you don't believe it. It's true. Today I'm going to preach on giving thanks in everything. Giving thanks in everything. And if you would turn in your Bibles to Philippians 4. My Bible is falling apart. Ephesians comes out. I have to put it back in there. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord God, that you would anoint me to give your word with clarity, with simplicity, with boldness. And Father, that you would anoint the people, all of us for that matter, to receive your word. I pray, Lord God, that our hearts would be open, our ears would be open to receive. And Father God, that we would make adjustments in our own lives where we truly can be thankful for who you are and that we will ever be ever so mindful of who you are in our lives. So, Father, I thank you for your word that it will change lives as we receive it. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, give thanks in everything and be careful for nothing. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us right here how we're to solve our problems. And that is that we're not anxious. We don't fret about things. We don't worry about things. But the key there is to give thanks in everything. Well, I don't like giving thanks within everything, in everything. Well, that's just tough because that's what the Bible says that we're supposed to do. We are to give thanks in everything. No matter what kind of situation we find ourselves in, we are to pray and we are to give thanks in everything. Now, I realize that sometimes that's easier said than done. And so, so we have to just do what the Word says. Amen? I believe I've traveled... Uh, all over the world, basically. And we are such a blessed people here in America. And we take so many things for granted. I know the first time I ever went to Africa in 1986, I came home and I cried and cried and cried for two weeks. I really did. I, I thought, am I supposed to go? I just, I was so repentant. I, I, I hurt so in my heart because I'd taken so many things for granted. Because I'd been to Mexico and and, you know, places, but I'd never seen things. I, I used to fuss about my little kitchen. You know, I'd think, well, I wish this kitchen was bigger. You know, you can't open the, the stove and walk through the kitchen. You can't open the stove and the dishwasher at the same time. And, well, isn't that a catastrophe? My, my, my. And then we went over there, and I found that those people, their kitchen was a hole in the ground. And their homemade charcoal that they put in there to cook the food. And here I was fussing because I couldn't open the oven door and the dishwasher at the same time. Great conviction came to me. I was not being very thankful for the things that I had. And so I think that sometimes we as Christians, we are not, or as people, as Americans, are not thankful for the things that we have and we take things for granted. I believe that kids in this hour, I see it in my own grandchildren, they have so much that they're not thankful for what they do have. 
And we sometimes as people are always wanting more. You know, we, we believe God for a husband, we believe God for a wife, then what do we do? We gripe about it when, they, when God gives us one. Well, they're not what I thought they would be. Well, maybe you need to be a little more specific in your prayers. Amen? We get a new car and then we complain because it uses too much gas. We get a new house. Well, we don't like this, so let's build on. We're never content. We're never satisfied. And, and I'm just going to take a little side trip here. I remember when Brad was in high school. I don't know if this is a boy thing or if it was just a Brad thing. But um, he was so excited about graduating, and he was going off to Arkansas to go to, to college. And one day we were sitting there, and I said, well, Brad, are you getting excited about graduation? He said, yes, ma'am. But he said, you know what? I'm going to get all these gifts, and I'm going to have to write all those thank you notes. Now, now he was fretting about that. Now, is that not how we think sometimes? I said, that's right. You're going to have to write all those thank you notes. And I said, you will do it before you go to college. You had two months or you're not going to college. And he said, Mom, I said, no, I'm serious. I want to tell you parents something. Teach your children to write thank you notes. Amen. Be thankful. I told Brad, I said, if these people go out and buy you a gift, they have you in mind when they're shopping and you can't so much as write them a thank you note and say thank you, I said, I hope you don't get nothing. Now, our daughter was totally different. Uh, the thank you note almost beat the people home, you know. I mean, she would write, and she came home, and she would she'd get a gift, and she'd go in her room, and she'd write a thank you note. And so uh, it was almost delivered before the people got back across town. But Brad was, was just mad about that. And I had to stay on him and on him and on him. Why? Because... Uh, unthankfulness. I'm not saying that he was, was all that unthankful, but really that's the root of the problem. I just want to tell you parents, teach your children. Train them to write thank you notes. That will always be with them throughout life. They will learn to be thankful for the things that they have. Okay, that didn't cost you anything. I can tell that you weren't crazy about that little tidbit. But anyway, nonetheless, it's true. Amen? It is true. So kids today, and, and we as Christians, we as Americans, sometimes are not thankful enough. Oh, we can say we're thankful, but then we get to complaining and griping and moaning about, you know, what we have. And so really, are we thanking God on a daily basis? Do we thank Him for who He is in our lives? Do we thank Him that He is healer? Do we thank Him that He is our all in all? Do we thank Him that He is our everything? Do we thank Him that He is our provider? Or when we get a raise, do we gripe because it's not big enough? Come on, that's right. Say, that's good preaching. Do we take for granted the things that we have? Absolutely. That's why everybody needs to go to the mission field at least one time. You'll come back and you won't be so um, greedy of the things that we have. That's why everybody needs to go. One time, you know, Catherine Matalo was here just a few weeks ago in our home, and, and she just blessed me in so many areas. I, I, I just love her, love their family, love their people in Africa. And one night we were sitting down at the breakfast bar to eat, and I said, Catherine, would you like to pray? And in her little voice, she says, Dear Lord in heaven, I thank you for this abundance of food that we have. I thank you for Mama and her beautiful home. I thank you for the hospitality that she has shown me, for the gifts that she has bought me. And Jesus, I pray that you be with those who are hungry and don't have food today. Bless me. 
Here is an African praying for the children, for the people. They don't have food today. And we had a huge choice. What do you want, Catherine? Do you want Mexican food? Do you want Chinese food? Do you want fast food? Do you want hot dogs? Do you want hamburgers? Do you want, do you want a buffet? Do you want a salad? Do you, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And here is an African who, by our standards, is poor. By African standards, is middle class. Not rich, not poor, but middle class. Why? Because she has a brick home. She doesn't live in a mud hut. They don't have indoor toilets. You can't push a lever and it all goes away. But by African standards, they're very middle class, like most of us. It just got to me when she prayed that way. Are we thankful? We have a job. We complain about the job. You know, I tell everybody in this hour, be thankful that you have a job in today's economy. And if you have one, you better do your job and keep it. Amen? Because jobs are hard to come by. So be thankful. And then as you're faithful in that, in performing your duties and doing your job, doing your work, then God will increase you. That's what the Bible says. You know, be faithful over little, then He's going to make you ruler over much. But look back at Philippians 4 again, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. That means that we don't fret about things. We don't worry about things. We don't take the care of things. We don't give it a thought. Why? Because we weren't designed to do that. That's why Jesus, the Lord put in here, be careful for nothing. Because we are to roll all of our care and burden over on Him. Because he cares for us. He is the one that's to carry those things. You know, if we take the care of everything that comes upon us, we would just be burdened down and down and down and down until finally we're no good for anything. So we cannot take the care of that. That's what Jesus is for. He is to take those cares. We're to leave them at the foot of the cross. We have to know that we know that we know that He is our Jehovah Jireh, that He is going to provide for us, that He is going to meet our needs. We don't have to take the care of that. Now that doesn't mean that we just sit back and be lazy and not do anything because the Bible talks about if you don't work, then you don't eat. In other words, put your hand to something and do something for heaven's sakes. If it's flipping burgers, well, I'm an architect. Well, you better flip burgers until God can give you that job. Be faithful over something and then He will bless you. You've got to put your hand to the plow to do something. And then in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Well, I don't like to do that because, you know, this bad thing happened. I didn't say to give him thanks for everything. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in everything. There's a difference. You don't give him thanks for sickness. He doesn't put sickness and disease upon you. Well, God, I'm just glad that you struck me with cancer so that you can teach me a lesson. Oh, come on! No, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He has come that you might have life. So you bind that spirit in Jesus' name and you release life into those people's lives. Amen? So you don't thank God for everything. Oh, I thank you that you did this to me, Lord God, just so you can teach me a lesson. No, that is not even scriptural. But in those situations, you give him thanks. You give him praise. 
in everything. In everything. So we don't worry about it. We don't fret about it. We just continue to praise God. We continue to praise God. We're not to have the anxiety of it. Why? If we take that care and take that anxiety, then it's going to hinder our prayers. Why? Because you become burdened down until you're not good for anything but to be trodden underfoot of men. You just become burdened down and then you can't, you can't serve with joy. Look at Psalm 55. Turn there if you would. Psalm 55, verse 22. Like I said, sometimes this is easier said than done. That's why you have to continually practice the Word and be doers of the Word. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. What does sustain mean? That means He will carry the weight of it. He will carry the weight of it. We don't have to. We have to release that weight. That's why we cast that burden onto the Lord. But at the same time, don't be afraid of pressure. Well, I just feel so pressured. You know something? Don't be afraid of pressure. Because under pressure, what happens to a piece of coal? Turns into a diamond. So don't be afraid of pressure, but cast that over on the Lord and He will see you through it. You know, here a while back I said, Oral Roberts used to say, when you're in the middle of hell, don't stop. Just keep going on. Keep walking through. So don't be afraid of the pressure, but you roll the care of all of that pressure over on the Lord. He will walk beside you. He will get you through to the other side if we will just continue to pray and in everything give Him praise and in everything thank Him he will get us through. Thanksgiving is such a huge key there. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 3. But see, instead of praising and praying, we get to moaning and groaning, now gripping and complaining. Don't we? Don't we? Don't we? Well, some of you do. Some of you know the truth. Some of you are you know, afraid to say so. 16.3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit them to the Lord. Roll them over on Him. Totally trust Him. Oh, well, I do trust the Lord. Well, then why are you so frustrated? Why, do we, why are we so frustrated with things? Why do we have to get in there and try to fix things on our own? Oh, I'm just trusting God. I've got to hurry up and get this done. I don't know why God won't do this now for me. I pray and say, God, I'll need it done right now. I want it fixed yesterday. We're not trusting God when we do that. We're taking the care of it all. We're really not trusting Him. Now, we would never say, Oh, God, I'm just not going to trust you for that. But our actions tell Him that we're not trusting Him. So what are our actions saying? We have to come to a point just says, I cannot do this. Here a while back I just said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. There was a situation, I don't remember what it was. But I just said, Lord, I don't know that I can do this. It was like a little voice said, good, that's right, you can't. I have you right where I want you now. Because when we get to the point where we say, I can't do this, then we're basically saying, God, you're going to have to do something. And he's saying, good, I've been waiting for you to do that. I've been waiting for you to turn this over to me. Because it's at that time when we say that we can't do it, we can't do that, do anything in and of our own power. 
But oh, His power through us says that we can do all things through Him. Why? Because He strengthens us. He has us right where He wants us when we finally surrender and say, God, I can't do this. He'll say, good. Then now you can allow me to work through you and to work with you. And you know, there's a great peace in that when you know that you don't have to be responsible. And you have to do what you know to do. I was working on my Christmas letter the other day, and, um, you know, I send out Christmas letters. I'll just tell you, I normally don't send locally because I send letters all over the world. Um, but I said, you know, I'm, I'm adjusting to life as a single person, and I found myself typing in and trusting God all the way. Well, praise God. You do just have to trust God all the way for everything. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're little, whether you're big, whether you're skinny, whether you're fat, you have to trust Him all the way for everything. And He will see to it that you will get through that situation. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then there's a peace that comes. But there's not that peace if you can't in everything, give him praise. You're not going to have the peace that only he can give. But we fret and, and, and we're anxious and we worry and how are we going to get this done? What are we going to do? Oh, Jesus, help me. Well, you know, sometimes we need to holler, Jesus, help me more often than we do. Amen? Because he's right there waiting for us to do that. Turning your Bibles to Matthew 6. is Jesus talking about anxiousness and, and worry. Look at Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly fodder... fodder Father feedeth them, and you not are you not much more, or are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore? If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things." But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Take no thought. You know, God knows our need before we ever ask. He knows what we have need of. So we are going to have to seek Him for who he is. You're going to have to believe it. 
you're really going to have to believe it. We're going to have to seek him for who he is, not always what he can give us. We're going to have to seek his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, his presence, and not his presence or his gifts. He knows when we seek him, when we come to him, and in everything we praise him, and we come to him with thanksgiving in our hearts and thank him for who he is, then he is going to show himself mighty in our behalf. Amen? Amen. Why? Because his word is true. He says he's healer. He's not just healer sometimes. He is healer in our life all the time. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he has never changed. And that means he never will. And what he did long ago, he's still doing today. And he's going to continue to do it until the rapture comes. Amen? Amen. Amen. He is the same. Now we have got to get that down on the inside of us. And we're going to have to thank him. And when we thank him and when we can come to him with thanksgiving in our heart, then a joy-filled life is going to be produced out of us. Amen? We have got to do that. 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your care upon him. Well, why do I have to cast all my care upon Jesus? The Bible says because he cares for you. We cast our care upon him because he cares for you. If we're a fretting and a worrying and a stewing and a fuming and, you know, in a tizzy, then we really haven't trusted him. How many of us have ever been worried about something? Come on, the rest of you. Come on, don't be lying to me. We're in church. We have all taken the care of things, haven't we? How is this going to happen? I don't know. But I trust God to make it happen. It's what you have to do. Oh, I've been in that situation so many times the past uh, year, just uh, fretting and a fuming about things. Either God is God in my life or He's not. He's either God in your life or He's not. Bottom line. He's not God in Cheryl's life and not in mine. He's the same. And He's no respecter of persons. So what are we saying with our actions to the Lord? Look at Psalm 100, verse 4. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now notice it didn't say, oh, I wish you would enter into my gates. No, it says to enter. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. See, we've got to have the mind of Christ. Our thoughts have got to be filled with thanksgiving and praise. We must be thankful and then we're going to have to speak it out of our mouth. Thankfulness is going to bring joy to you. And when you see, see uh, God doing those works in your life, then it's going, to be, it's going to make you have a greater dependency upon Him because He is showing Himself real. And He is who He says He is. You know, when we complain and when we're negative, don't you love being around negative people? No. Don't you just love it? Isn't it edifying when they're just grappling and a moaning and a groaning? Have you ever been around family members that aren't saved and they're, well, I just don't know if I'm ever going to get any better. Oh, I've got this backache and, you know, I've had it for 40 years and I just don't think I'll, I'm just getting worse and worse and worse. 
Have you ever been around non-believers like that? Have you ever been around Christians like that? Absolutely. Yes. So we can all get like that if we're not careful. That's why we have to feed ourselves the Word of God. That's why it's important that you're here today. That's why it's important that you have your daily devotion time. That's important that you speak life out of your mouth so that you're not complaining because complaining will bring death to you and it will cause you to be powerless. But when you speak the Word of God, God's Word is what? It's life. And so when we speak that, then life is coming to us. If we complain and we're negative all the time, then it's going to cause us to get out of the will of God. And you don't want that. God will speak to us, but we're going to have to be in a position to hear Him and to receive Him. We can't be running around trying to do it in the flesh and make it happen. God's ways are not our ways. His timing is not in our time. We're an instant society. Well, I prayed and I want it now. In fact, I really need it yesterday. God, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? And so because we don't see him at work, then we try to get in there and fix things, and we just mess it up. Some of you parents are believing God for your children. Leave them alone and let God deal with them. You know, sometimes when you... Have you ever seen a duck just floating along on the water? I mean, it looks like they're, man, underneath their little feet are going. <laughs> they're just going like crazy. Everything looks calm on the surface. Yes. But underneath, they're paddling like crazy. Yes. See, God does a work, and we don't always see it. So that's where we continue to praise Him. And in everything, give Him thanks. God, I thank you that you're working. I'll use my own kid, uh, kids, Brad and Gail's life. I thank you that you're their provider. I thank you, Father God, that they're not moved by the things that they see. See, you thank him and you speak life into situations. I thank you, Lord God, that they're the healed of the Lord. Whatever their need is, you begin to let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Amen. And in everything, thank him. Oh, God. I lift Brad to you now. God, I don't know what you're going to do with that boy, but man, he needs help. Do whatever you need. See the difference? In everything, with prayer and in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Do you see the difference of, of the life that is being produced, how we pray? So we need to be careful of how we pray. There has to be a knowing inside of us that God is in charge of whatever situation, whatever circumstance, whatever trial that we're in. There has to be a knowing on the inside of us that He knows everything and that He's in charge. He sees the end. He sees the beginning and the end. He is Alpha and Omega. Nothing takes Him by surprise. And so we just sometimes have to sit back and give Him thanks and praise Him so that he can work on our behalf. I was listening to a tape the other day by Dr. Summerall. You know, he went home to be with the Lord a long time ago and many years ago, and he was talking and he said, you know, in, in situations of life, he said, I never asked God why. Why? Because he's God. He knows a little bit more than you and I. You know, I, my mother-in-law continually asks God why for pastors, at pastor's death. And then she calls me and asks me. 
I said, Mom, God is God. And I said, I don't know why. But even knowing, it's not going to change any situation. So she's made herself miserable in this. She'll say, I ask God, why God every day? Well, has it changed the situation? No. It's just caused her to be downcast and downtrodden all the time. Why? Because there's not a foundation of the word there. There's no word there for her to build hope and trust on. Amen? We've got to let go of our anxieties and fears so that we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. In everything, in everything, in everything. Not for everything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto God. You know, sickness is not of God, so we don't thank God for the sickness. It's not of God. He's come that we have life. He desires above all things that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. But the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, so we bind that in Jesus' name, and we release life. But in the midst of all of that, we can still give thanks. You know, we think we have it bad. Look around. There's someone that has it worse than we do. There's always somebody around us that has it worse than we do. I remember when Pastor was sick, and even after his death, Gail said, Mom, we can be so thankful, because Gail's an RN, and she works part-time for hospice. And so she has seen a lot. She's seen the young, she's seen children, she's seen young people, she's seen middle-aged people, she's seen old people. She said, Mom, we can be so thankful that Daddy did not have to suffer and that he was so coherent up until just hours before he went home to be with the Lord. She said, we have so much to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. In the midst of life, And life is going to come. Situations are going to come where you're going to think, why? But you be thankful in the midst of that. That's why it is so important to to be found on a, a firm foundation. Because if you're not, when those situations in life come, then you fall apart like a cardboard box. Why? Because you have just played the role. You have played the game. There's nothing that has gotten down in here to sustain you. It's called the Word of the Living God. We can come to church and we can hear the right things and we can do the right things and then we go out and say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Life is hard. You know what? Life is hard. But praise God with Him. We can do it. Amen? Hallelujah. So there has to be a knowing on the inside of us as to who God really is. Oh, is he our Jehovah Jireh? Does he provide? Do we trust him to provide for all of our That's needs? It. It's easy to say when we have a good job. Uh-huh. But what, when that job is gone, do we still continue to trust him? And Lord, I thank you that my job is here. Hallelujah. That's it. Whatever it is, Lord, I receive it. And I'm going to work. I'm going to be faithful unto that. Yes. Or do we gripe and complain? Okay, are y'all mad at me yet? No. That's good. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. We need to be reminded of these things, just how blessed and how grateful we are. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. We'll look back at, at 16. It says rejoice evermore. It doesn't say complain evermore. 
It says rejoice evermore. 17, pray without ceasing. And then in 18, in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God. Whew. Obedience. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's just meaning that you obey that. In everything, give thanks. I like what the Amplified says. It says, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstance may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. How do we do that? First of all, we have to look beyond our situation right now. You have to look beyond the situation. You have to look beyond your current struggle. You have to look beyond your current trial and circumstance. Because you can get so locked in. It's like one time we were coming from Liberal from a football game. And Brad was just learning to drive. And, and as you come into Sublette, there used to be a, a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, rest area. Yeah, rest area there just on the right as you're coming from Liberal. Well, there was fog everywhere. I mean, and it was sleeting. The roads were slick. And we pulled over and Pastor said, okay, Brad, you're going to drive. And I thought, what? Have you lost your mind? I mean, it is getting icy. Ice is sticking to the windshield. There is fog everywhere. You can barely see the end of the road. I mean, the end of the car. And he said, he's got to learn to do it sometime. This is a straight shot. I'm going to be in the front seat and we're going to drive. I thought, no. So I got in the back seat, and I'm a praying, and I'm just like this, you know. I mean, Brad kind of scared me anyway when it was sunny and clear and 100 degrees outside. So uh, much less in the fog and, and the sleet. And so I just, I, I, I was sitting back there, and Pastor was helping him, and Brad was, you could see him, you know, he was all tense and tight. He just had his learner's permit, and I thought, I can't believe we're doing this. But we, we were doing it. And so... Uh, what Brad had to do, though, was not focus, and I couldn't focus on all the fog that was around us because it was everywhere. So pastor said, Brad, do you see those yellow and white stripes? Yes, sir. Do you see the ditch over here? Yes, sir. He said, stay between them. <laughs> I thought, well, that's real easy said than done. You know, it's slick, and, and he said, and don't go too fast, and whatever you do, don't you, don't you slam on the, your brake, and don't you make a turn too, too much. So we get out south of town here, and the, the road kind of curves. Well, what did Brad do? He just followed those yellow and white stripes, and the ditch on this side, he just stayed right in between. Where did we end up? Our destination. We ended up at home. That's what we have to do. We can't look. We can't focus on the fog around us. We can't focus on our situation. We have to stay focused right where we're going, stay in that straight and narrow path with our eyes on Jesus and we will get to our destination. Amen? If we don't and we go this way and cross the yellow stripes, go this way, we end up in a ditch and we're shipwrecked. That's why we have to stay, keep our focus on the Word of God. Why we have to give Him thanks in every situation. Because when we do that, we will end up at our destination that He has ordained us to be. But if not, we're going to go shipwrecked somewhere along the way. Amen. Why? Because we get out of the will of God. Because we didn't stay focused on Him. Amen. In every trial, 
in every situation of life. Keep our focus. And we've got to be patient. It's not going to happen maybe right now. It may take a while. How many years have we been praying for revival? 11 or 12 years. We haven't seen it yet, but that doesn't mean we just quit praying. We stay focused on what we know to do. And in life, we have to continually thank God, knowing that He is in charge, that He's not left us, and He's not forsaken us. We have to keep our focus on, on Jesus. You know, He has promised. He, he never promised that it would be easy. He never told us that life will be a breeze if you'll just come to me. If you'll get saved, then hey, it's all roses. It's not true. We're going to be persecuted for the word's sake. The devil is going to come and try to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will if we don't have the word on the inside of us. If we don't remain planted, if we become offended with every little thing that, that somebody says to us or that they do, come on. We've got to be strong. We've got to be grounded. Our, our roots have got to be like that tree that's planted by the, the water. It's going to grow deep so when those things come that we're not going to be bent and we're not going to be broken, but we're going to keep our focus because He is who He says He is. He promised that He would never leave us and He would never forsake us. He promised that He would always direct our paths. He promised that His joy would be our strength. He promised us that we're more than conquerors in Him. He promised us that we can do all things through Christ. Why? Because He strengthens us. He promised us that, that He would always guide us, that He would always lead us. Those are the promises of God that we've got to focus on. Do you believe them? Absolutely. If you believe this word, you have to believe those. He promised us that as we give, it will be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with men given to our bosom. Those are promises. He promised us that he would be a very present help in a time of need, in a time of trouble. He promised us that. But he never promised that it would be easy. But he did promise if we'd hold on to him. And in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, he would get us through to the other side. But what do we do? We complain. We fuss. We worry. We fret. And then wonder why God hasn't moved in our life. Wondered why he hasn't moved in our behalf. Well, this doesn't work, so I'm just going to stay home. Well, stay home. You'll never enjoy the blessing of God. You'll never enjoy the blessing of God. <clears throat> until we become obedient to the Word. You know, it takes perseverance to drive. I, I remember watching Brad, and when we got home, he just, huh, in that fog. He said, man, that was scary. I said, yeah, well, it should have been in the back seat. <laughs> you know, pastor sitting up there just cool as a cucumber, you know, telling Brad what to do, and, and, uh, and he did. And Brad's a great driver today. But it took perseverance not to focus on the fog, not to focus on the sleet, not to focus on the ice on the road, not to focus on the ice on the windshield, not to focus on those things. It took, it took perseverance on his part. But he didn't just stop in the middle of the road and say, Dad, I can't do this. 
because he had a good coach. Dad was sitting right there in the seat saying, okay, son, do this. Okay, son, do that. Okay, you're doing good. Now, there's a curve coming up here. Don't yank too far. See, we don't, don't tell Dad that you can't do it because you can. He's already given you a promise to hold on to that you can do all things through him. We have to have a thankful heart. Staying focused, we're going to arrive at our destination and we'll have a greater understanding of his power and who he is in our lives if we will just stay focused on, it, on him. That thankful heart will deepen our dependency upon God. In our own ability, we're going to fail. We can't do anything. So we've got to depend on him to be victorious because he said that's who we are in him. We'll be overcomers through trials. He's going to make his power known to us. And we think, I can't do this anymore. Well, you know, the Bible says that he never allowed more to come on us than what we could bear, than what we can handle. So that's why we have to keep trusting him every inch of the way. You know, when we have a heart full of thanksgiving, it's a joy-filled life. It's a life that's blessed with his presence. Are tri trials and difficulties going to come? Absolutely they're going to come. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Gripe when it comes? Ask why. Why me, Lord? Oh, why me? Oh, come on. We need to get focused off of ourselves and get focused on Jesus and get involved in the lives of people and, and it will help us to get involved. I tell my mother-in-law all the time, Mom, you are an RN. She's almost 86 years old. She just sits in that apartment doing nothing. Just irritates me. And, and I said, you are a, a registered nurse. And I said, why don't you go down to the hospital and volunteer? If nothing else, then make popcorn for them. Yeah. Well, they already have the people to do that. Well, go and relieve those people. Get involved in the lives of people and you won't be so focused on yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm so thankful for the Sunday school teachers, the children's church workers, the nursery workers, and I don't tell y'all enough that. And I ask that you forgive me for that. But I so appreciate this, this body of believers without the Awana teachers, without Miss Janelle, She's here today. She's usually downstairs or in the nursery or doing something. She pulls all of our slack when we decide not to show up. I so appreciate you. Because when the whole body is fitly joined together, then see, we work like a, a well-oiled machine. When we stay focused, then we'll get to our destination. But when one person is out of sync, then it's not going to work like it's supposed to work. So I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you men and women who raise your hand. They're going to be a blessing to the Paxson family. What a blessing. You may not ever be rewarded on this earth, but you know what? Jesus is looking. And he is recording all that we're doing. And he's preparing a mansion for you right now. Don't ever think that it's always going to be like this because it's not. Amen. This word is true. Amen. We will be raptured out of here. Yes. And we will have a mansion in heaven. Amen. We will have jewels in our crown. We will cast our crowns Amen. at his feet. Yes. Well, how can that be? Hmm, I just don't know that I believe that. Well, it doesn't really matter if you believe it or not. You're going to spend eternity somewhere either in heaven or hell. That's right. 
And the Bible says to choose heaven. The Bible says to choose life, not blessing. I mean, to choose blessing, not cursing. So we need to be thankful. So thankful for the things that we are blessed with as Christians, as people of the United States of America. We have so much and we always want more. God will lead us into victory if we will depend on Him. We give thanks in the midst of situations. Having a thankful heart, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. It doesn't say in everything, gripe and complain. It says in everything, give thanks. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to talk tonight about contentment, being double-minded. We're going to continue this. But I want us to search, as the worship team comes, to search our own hearts. And are we thankful in everything the way we should be? You know, we need to get up in the mornings thanking God that we had a good night's rest. I remember Pastor Jeff and Brother Cole last week. I think they thank God for their mattress. As crummy as it may be here, it was crummier over there. It was hard, like sleeping on this. So see, little things. Do we thank God that when we go to the shower that we have water? There it is, there it is. Or do we just turn that shower on and, well, where's the hot water? I've been in here for 10 seconds and I don't have hot water yet. I'm serious. Now, the first time I was in, in 1988, when I was in Uganda, we stayed at the Daniel Hotel. It's still there. We drove by it this last, when we gals were over there in May. And I turned on the faucet, and it looked like iced tea was coming out of it. Strong iced tea. I thought, oh, hallelujah. And that's the way it looked, and that's the way it was. And I had to wash my hair in that. Then when I got to, to Kasumu, and we stayed in a, a hotel, a nice hotel, then when I washed my hair, guess what came out? It looked like iced tea because all that stuff was in my hair. Now, we didn't drink that water. You know, you have to be wise when you go to places like that. But we're, we should be thankful every time you go to the bathroom that you're not squatting over a hole in the ground. Oh, Pastor Lenore, I can't believe you said that. Well, I just said it. You need to be thankful. And then when you get up, you can push this little lever and it all goes somewhere. You don't have to gather up your dress like this and put it in your mouth so that you're squatting. Right, ladies? So your dress doesn't get in the hole in the ground with all the stuff that doesn't go anywhere because there's no lever to push. I'm serious. We're blessed. But you'll think of that when you leave here and go to the bathroom. You're going to think of that. <laughs> Thank God that I can push this lever and it all goes somewhere. It goes away. Amen? Amen? We are a blessed people. Amen, we are. And in everything, everything, in everything, we are to give Him thanks. We're to give Him praise. And then we're going to have a joy-filled life. We're not going to be taking the care. We're not going to be, be tense and tight and, 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 
and not grateful in everything. Give him thanks in everything. Amen. We have much, much, much to be thankful for. And we, as Americans, living in the most blessed country of the world, just take everything for granted and want more. When you jump in the shower and you have clear water, but you could open your mouth, let it go in your mouth, be thankful. Amen. And you can turn that little lever, you can get it steaming hot or you can get it lukewarm, be thankful. When you go out and get in your vehicle or on your bicycle or walk, be thankful that God's given you health, that we have a vehicle to drive. That we have a, a nice home to go, well, it's not the nicest home. Be thankful you have a home. Amen. Be thankful you have a home. Amen. I've been in places where they have a home that's made out of a cardboard box with sewers running in front of it. Be thankful. Be thankful. Not you're just during the season of Thanksgiving, but in everything, all the time be thankful. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you that in everything, in everything, a prayer and supplication with thanksgiving unto you, we let our requests be made known unto you. So Father, we're thankful in the midst of life, in the, in the midst of things that happen, help us to ever be so mindful how blessed we truly are that we have full tummies that we have a roof over our head that we have vehicles to drive that we have been blessed with so much Lord God help us to never take for granted the blessing of God in our life and that when we wake up in the morning that we will give you praise and we will thank you that we had a bed to rest in, a soft bed. That we could get up during the middle of the night and go to the restroom and not have to go outdoors and squat over a hole. That we were warm. That we had food. We thank you, Lord God. That you will make us ever so mindful of who you are in our lives during this time. Father God, that we would be ever so mindful of those who were without. Like Catherine prayed to bless those that know the that don't that don't have the abundance that we have. We are such a blessed blessed people. Father, we give you praise for that. For everyone here that has a need, Father God, I thank you that you know that need and that you're going to move. You're going to show themselves, yourself strong in their behalf. Father, how we praise you for that. We thank you that you are our Jehovah Shammah, that you have not left us and that you have not forsaken us, that you give us strength to get through another day. 
So, Father, I pray that we would continually, continually look to you, that we would continually keep our focus on you and not look at the fog all around us, but that we would keep our eyes fixed upon you and that you will get us to our destination. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I know that we didn't have any first-timers. There may be someone here today that really has never made Jesus Lord of their life that they're not trusting Him totally and completely the way that we should. And you're saying, Lord, I'm ready to surrender my life unto You. I'm ready to give You everything. I'm ready to lay it down. I can't handle life anymore. I can't do this, you might say. And the Lord is saying, good. You're right where I want you. So if that is you today, if you have made those statements, if you haven't been grateful for the blessing of God in your life, and you're fretting and moaning and complaining and griping and you're negative, and you say, Lord, I have got to have a change, then He is here to help you to be the overcomer that you desire and that He desires you to be. So is there anyone here today that would say, Lord, I'm ready to give it all. I can't do it anymore. I can't handle this anymore. If that is you, would you raise your hand? We're going to pray for you. We're going to trust God to make a change in your life. I see those hands. Would you come forward, please? Some people, women from our Operation Go team, would you come up, please? This young man, Brother Joe, would you come and minister to this young man, please? Hallelujah. Time for a change. Time to surrender. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name, and Lord, I thank you for these. I thank you, Father God, that today is a time of surrender. Today is a time that they will depend more on you than they ever had before. Today is the day that they will roll their care and roll their burden over on you. Why? Because you care for them. So, Father, I thank you that they will know you and experience your love in a very real and a very powerful way and that in everything, Lord God, with prayer and supplication, and prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, they will let their requests be made known unto you. And Father God, you will hear them. You will hear them, Father God, and you will answer them. So I thank you, Father God, for this one. I thank you, Lord God, for the love that you have for him. And I give you glory, and I give you praise for what you're doing in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Operation Go people, if you would continue to pray with them, find out their need, and minister to them. Hallelujah. I want you to come back tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to continue this message. In everything, give thanks. In everything. If I don't see you tonight and you're going to be traveling, if, and if you're not going to be traveling over the holiday, have a great time wherever you're going, whatever you do. Enjoy family, enjoy friends, and be safe. And in everything, 
give God thanks. Amen. Amen. God bless you.